welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast, and today we're talking about the Bad Batch yet again. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Yo. And Noma. Hello there. How are you doing, guys? Eh, I'm alive. I need more <laughs> Ultra Instinct energy now. Come on. No, <laughs> Ultra Instinct energy is don't talk. <laughs> That's true. I need Super Saiyan no 3 thought. and Super Saiyan 4 energy. Uh, you're, not, you're not getting me screaming like that this morning. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, can you let the fine listeners know what we're talking about for the Bad Batch today? Yes, we're discussing episode 3, Replacements. We'll be telling you what happened in the episode, uh, predictions for what may happen for the next episode, and if we find any Easter eggs, we'll be sure to let you know how many we found and where we found them. We still have a giveaway going on, though, and Dan will give you the details on that. Yes, class, we're in session. Please pay attention. Now, we have two contest uh, entries that you can do for one prize. So it is Twitter. Uh, you can find our post on Twitter for winning a game of Star Wars Republic Commando for the PS4 Collector's Edition made by Limited Run Games. And this is a physical copy of it with a whole bunch of goodies. And you can find our Twitter uh, post of that episode and follow the rules on there to find out how to do that. And if you want more entries, you can go to Instagram where you can find our post on there as well. And there is more opportunities to get um, entries on there. And uh, it's for the same price. So whatever you decide is the best one to go with, or if you have one or not the other, you can enter on that and good luck on that contest. I hope you win. Noma, how can they contact us in case they get frustrated and don't win? And they can yell at us and tell us that they want us to do another contest next year. I mean, you're the one who just suggested that, so you're going to be the one reading the emails if they come in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can get in contact with us. Uh, one of the easiest is our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Social media-wise, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at voiceforcepod. As always, retweeting and reposts on our newest episodes really does help our growing listener base and is very much appreciated. And you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Now, reviewing us with five stars and a comment really helps with visibility. Again, very much appreciated. And you can follow or subscribe for free for the latest episodes as soon as it releases. Yeah, like what's on our website? What can people expect to find on our website? Well, on our website, you can basically find all of our episodes, and they're also divided into convenient little sections. So if you want to listen to Temple Archives or Holonet Headlines or any of our specials, anything like that, we've got it all divided up for you so you can find them real easy. We've also got a shop where we've got our merchandise, which uh, it's only a few things right now. But, you know, if you want a snazzy shirt with our logo on it, then you can always shirts. go there. I have too <laughs> many of our shirts. still on there, yeah. Yeah. I think our biggest simp for merchandise right now is Dan, ironically. So, you know. Every time we record, guys, <laughs> I wear a shirt. Yeah, that's basically what we've got so far. You know, later on down the line, we might add some more stuff. But yeah, it's just one convenient place to find all of our stuff and an easy way to contact us. So definitely take a look at the website. You can find all of our stuff very nicely. All right. Thanks, Noma. And let's get into our spoiler warning quick. We're going to be going through episode three of The Bad Batch, which is called Replacements. It is quite the episode, so if you have not listened to it or watched it yet, and you want to, do that now, because this is going to be a spoilerific discussion. We're going to go through all the major plot points, and then we're going to talk about everything that happened and what we think may happen in the future, as Ed talked about earlier. So, without further ado, let's get into The Bad Batch, Episode 3, Replacements. All right, we open up our episode with uh, hyperspace, um, and we have Omega and the crew on the Havoc Marauder as uh, Hunter is giving out some rations to everybody on the ship, and Wrecker eats his super quickly, and we see Omega laying against a gonk droid on her data pad, playing a game or looking up something on the, on the network, and uh, Wrecker eats his so quickly and is so still hungry, but Hunter's like, oh, sorry, we don't have any more, and he... Once he's like, oh, damn it, I'm still hungry. And so Omega offers his hers to him, and uh, Hunter pulls Wrecker aside and says, man, she needs her food just as much as we do, so let her have it. The Wrecker, you know, is nice and just says, thank you, I appreciate it, but you can keep it. And uh, then she eats it, and uh, they go about their way as the Marauder 
uh, lights flicker and starts to struggle in hyperspace. Um, Hunter tells Echo that he thought uh, that he fixed the, uh, you know, the repairs that need to be done on the ship to make it, uh, you know, space-worthy and whatnot. So Echo replies, you know, add it to the list because this guy over here, Tech, isn't helping out. So we find out that Tech is actually, instead of fixing the ship, he's working on a, a scanner for their heads to find the inhibitor chips and possibly uh, make them inert. So he says that, yeah, since none of the critical systems are, are um, all screwed up, we're good. The ship's fine. And then as he says that, the ship gets pulled out of hyperspace and starts to descend to uh, a moon. And uh, they're having a lot of trouble. So Wrecker straps Omega in with the um, the harness and uh, he then tries to get himself hooked in, but fails because he's too big. <laughs> and uh, once they hit the ground, um, they realize that the comms are having issues and from the storm in the area. And as they go outside to assess the damage, they seem to need to replace a capacitor. And Omega pulls down a crate and finds that everyone's looking at her all sad. She's like, do you think it might be in here? And they tell her that that was Crosshair's weapons crate. So Tech notes at that time that Crosshair's loyalty um, or disloyalty in that instance may have been caused by his inhibitor chip. All right, so we're back on Camino now. Speaking about Crosshair, we find him undergoing a MRI scan, and AZ3 reports that he's healthy. You know, nothing's wrong with him. Everything's fine. No injuries, nothing like that. Meanwhile, Nala Say and Tarkin are watching through an observation glass, and Nala Say is telling him, like, well, he's healthy, you know, he's responding well to the inhibitor chip, so everything's going fine. And whereas Tarkin definitely had his doubts, because a lot of us were thinking, like, oh, maybe it'll fade away and it'll be fine. So Tarkin stayed there to make sure of big things and how they're running in his operation. So he hopes it stays that way. Um, if we have Vice, uh, Vice Admiral arriving on Camino, he's very familiar from everybody from the last episode with his his uh new implementation and that implementation was the chain code that we saw in Seleucami and Tarkin congratulates him on the success of that um, initiative and then he asks Rampart you know we have a project war mantle how is that going and that then it's confirmed that they have three new recruits that are ready to begin their training under their new commander their new commander being clone 9904 and that is crosshair. So from there, Nalase and Tarkin and Rampart talk about which are which are better, either clones themselves, enlisted soldiers, and Tarkin actually brings up the point of having clones training new recruits is the most optimal option because that way, you know, you have that bred training being taught to very loyal, willingly uh, signed up uh, soldiers, and that's really what the Tarkin and Rampart are looking for. So we then end off this Camino scene with Rampart introducing Tarkin to the first elite squad of the Empire. So back on the moon, we have Echo and Tech who are replacing the capacitor. However, because, you know, we're not even halfway through the episode, something's got to happen. So as they leave, Echo sees some deep scratch marks on the hull, which turns out to be a kind of lizard-ish creature that ends up ripping the capacitor out of the ship and running off with it. And uh, as that happens, the uh, the Bad Batch basically ha is like, all right, we have to go after this thing. What is it? So Tech gives a guess as to what it is, and I think it, it's like a moon dragon something. An Ordo and moon dragon. Ordo yeah. moon dragon, that's right. And, uh, yeah, they basically decide that Hunter and Omega are going to go and try and bring the capacitor back to the ship. And we get jumping back over to the troops that are being trained. And before they do, they go to the medical facility on Camino, and they're bickering about the procedure and just kind of shooting the shit. And as they are, one of the troopers says that he's, you know, he's happy to be in service because the Empire is A, paying him, B, feeding him, and three, giving him uh, C giving him a roof over his head. And that's more than the Republic ever did, which I thought was funny because the Re Empire is the Republic. Like, it's the same. It's it's just they changed their name and their hey, structure. It's been the Empire for, like, three days now. Yeah, yeah exactly. trust me. We're going we're gonna to get into this. In the <laughs> so uh, we get moved over to Nala, uh, say, Tarkin, and Rampart discussing the effectiveness of clones and enlisted soldiers. I feel like this is going to be a running theme with these three. 
is they're just going to be talking about which one's better all the time. Um, it's like saying, like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite anime? No, this one, <laughs> Dragon Ball is better than One Piece. No, Naruto is better. No, Bleach is better. You know what I mean? Nobody uh, says that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe season one Bleach is pretty good. Yeah, um, no, uh, like seasons one through three. Yeah, Come on, <laughs> Tarkin sends them. Also said, yeah. <laughs> Tarkin sends them on the same mission as the Bad Batch to eliminate Saw Guerrero's forces on Onderon. We get to see what happens with Hunter trying to find the Order of Moon Dragon. So as we're back on this unnamed ball, now this moon, um, Hunter begins. He sets out with Omega to track the dragon, get the capacitor back. And on the way, uh, Omega keeps seeing Hunter stop, and now it looks like he's playing with sand. So she starts asking, you know, what are you doing? Like, well, what is this? And he, he explains, you know, I'm tracking it. I'm trying to figure out where it went. And so that leads her to ask about the other members of the Bad Batch and wondering what their specific skill sets are. And, you know, Hunter begins to list off, like, you know, tech is really smart. Um, There's just a, this is a really big paraphrase. Uh, Wrecker is super strong. Hunter has, like, a bunch of abilities to track and tap into the world around him. Um, and then... There's a Omega's... One Piece, Four Kids rap joke here somewhere. I just can't find it. <laughs> and then Omega, you know, she's just like, okay, you didn't mention Crosshair. You know, what can he do? And Hunter kind of visibly just like, oh, don't talk to me about Crosshair. Crosshair's doing uh, that marksman thing. And... We're going to find out in a couple... Uh chapters what his ability is yeah because <laughs> yeah. right now crosshair is great killing <laughs> but, but yeah he um you know he's she feels really bad because yeah she's like you know i didn't mean to make you upset i'm just really curious and he's like no it's not you it's me I'm mad at myself because i left my member of my squad behind i never leave a member of my squad behind and from there you know oh my god even looks like she's trying to contemplate what to say when we switch back to the newly formed elite squad. Yeah, so this part's pretty quick, but we get this new elite squad uh, being led by Crosshair as they go to Onderon to try and hunt down Sagarera again. And basically this time they managed to ambush a group of the, I guess, soon-to-be partisans. And uh, mm -hmm. basically they eliminate all the soldiers and then start interrogating the civilians. And uh, the lead guy basically refuses to tell Crosshair anything, so he kills them. And then when it turns out that they don't know where Sagarera is, he orders the squad to execute them all. Uh, which the lead recruit, we never get their names, which is almost unfortunate, but the lead like recruit... CEO4 or something like no that. Idea. It's so stupid, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the lead guy, the only guy who's been talking smack this entire time basically says, like, no, we're not following your orders. I'm, I didn't sign up to be a, a killer. I signed up to be a soldier. And he tells the rest of the group, like, all right, guys, let's let's pack it in. We're not going to listen to the clone. So Crosshair executes him and uh, says to the rest of the guys, like, hey, good soldiers follow orders. You're going to follow orders? And then they uh, flamethrower slash execute the rest of the civilians. As we get back to the moon, we have Hunter looking for the um, Ordo Moon Dragon, and they find, or not the, the dragon, but the actual part, and they find it. Hunter gets his mask knocked off by the dragon, and Omega immediately tries to put it back on him, realizing that it's been knocked off. He takes a blaster and flashlight and heads into the den of the dragon to um, retrieve the capacitor. And uh, as she does, she finds out that it, yes, it likes the energy of the capacitor. So she trades it for the flashlight. And uh, as she escapes the den, Hunter is waking up and calling out for Omega. And she finds him and they return back to the ship. So we get back to Camino. We see the elite squad. Finally, like setting down as they get out, and they know they're walking down the plank. I guess <laughs> Tarkin starts saying, "Oh, you know, one soldier short. Why is that? I wonder. Oh, everything must be difficult anyway." Crosshair doesn't get into details because that's just how he is. But Tarkin is still impressed because Crosshair did follow through with the initial mission uh, that his squad was supposed to finish, and so he definitely now believes that the clone program has a place because they will be able to teach all the new recruits who come in, and, def and Rampart definitely agrees with that. 
So now seeing all this, or like seeing the beginnings of this and seeing everything finally set to the way he wants it to be, Tarkin gets ready to leave and he turns to Rampart and promotes him, calling him Admiral Rampart on the spot. And he's like, I leave this in your capable hands. So Nalase and Lamasu, they start talking about, you know, we have to come up with a new plan if we want to stay relevant to the Empire so that they don't just cancel the contract whatsoever. Um, so what are we going to do? Because the issue they're having is that Django Fett's genetic material that they're using to make clones initially has deteriorated, and it is deteriorating at a really fast rate. They need to get one of their escapees back um, because they say that, you know, they are all Kaminoan property. And so at that point, our property needs to come back and we need to do some work to stabilize what we have for our work. Crosshair finally gets back to the barracks and he looks around, sees records, tallies on the wall, sees the graffitis on the wall, and he's like, hmm. Doesn't put the toothpick in, but sits down and starts to contemplate, it looks like. Nothing is said. The squad's very silent right now, especially after what happened back on Onderon. So it's... It's a tense situation right now for a lot of people, except Tarkin and Rampart, who are pretty happy with everything that's going on right now. Yeah, so there's not too much left here. We get a nice kind of ending where basically when Omega or Omega gets uh, oh, she says back her name. To... It's the best. It's accent. <laughs> Omega. Yeah, it's yeah. That, Omega. It's that uh, Australian New Zealand accent. I, I'll be honest. I don't know which one it is. New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so basically when they get back to the ship, uh, it turns out that Wrecker has uh, made Om- Omega's room. Uh, so she's got a room for herself, which is in the back turret section. And uh, she's very happy about that because she's never had a room to herself. And he also gives her her little or his little stuffed doll. It starts with an L. I can't remember the name. But... Lula. 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 Yeah, that's right. And yeah, so basically we get a a nice little ending scene where you know she's really happy about it, and she you know she thanks them. And Hunter points out, I mean, you you know you're part of the squad now, so of course we do something like this for you. And uh, yeah, they set off to their new destination, where I guess we'll find out next week where they ended up going. All right, let's get into our discussion of this episode. I mean, the first thing that came to mind, I mean, it's just an Easter egg-ish, but I think they're basically confirming it at this point. The fact that uh, Crosshair's entire squad has the same, like, black armor, green visors, where I'm going, okay, so you guys are proto, you know, proto-death troopers at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now that, like, Ed brought that up last time, this just reinforces that for sure. And I mean, we can see their prototype, right? Because they're not using the, uh, I can't remember what what weapons they use, but the really sick uh, guns that they use. Almost like shotgun-looking things. Yeah, yeah. If I have time, I'll go searching for my Death Trooper Star Wars Legion box because that'll tell me what they're armed with. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that was really cool, right? Instead, we get min- we get like a flamethrower and a normal blaster rifle, and that's then... the first time we've seen flamethrower from the New Republic in- or the Republic into uh, the Empire. Like this is the first uh, flamethrower. We don't see guns with we... them. Yeah, yeah, we do. Geonosis. We've had them. Yeah, landing a point rain. Kiari Mundi's uh, Marines use them. Oh, okay. On okay. The we, just, we don't see them with the 501st. You don't see it like we don't yeah, really see yeah. it with like the Clone Wars TV series or the movies very much. It's kind well, of that's, that's the Clone Wars TV series. There, is right? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just you're not it, like Ed's right. It's, it's hard to put a flamethrower in because you're not allowed to light people on fire. Yeah, like, Geonosians on fire. Yeah, you, can, yeah, you can cut away from it. Right? Although they show Geonosians on fire in that episode. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember this. So they can get away with that. Is that the one with the queen? Exactly. Uh, no, it, it's, it's the one where they're, they're going to destroy the Geonosian facilities. So it's Kiadi Mundi, Obi-Wan, and Anakin all attempt to land, and none of them actually make it down properly. I, I don't remember this. I gotta go watch I, it. I don't remember this arc. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's right before what you're talking about, because when you get there, you realize they have to go back because of the zombie queen or whatever is creating mm. all of them. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't remember yeah. any episodes of Kiadi Mundi in them. I... I love that episode because it's basically uh, Clone Wars D-Day. Okay. Especially that opening, just watching them get shelled mercilessly as they're trying to make it down. But yeah, no, that's that. That's the only time I remember uh, seeing flamethrowers. Okay. We get them in Star Wars. We get them in uh, sequel trilogy, and we also get them in the Battlefront Two game, and I think mm. Battlefront One. Um, you can use them in that as well. Those things do a lot of fucking damage. Because um, mm. humane things aside, like 
you know, you're burning out a nest. You're you burning main out things hive. aside. <laughs> what is this? You're burning out a hive. If you if you wanted to take down a hornet's nest and stuff like that, you see people poking it and jabbing. Oh and knocking wow, down you are you are equating a, a sentient <laughs> but, species with a with an insect. Come on now, man. A sentient species that species. also has brain parasites. Yeah, so true. I mean, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that flamethrower. More zombies, yeah. <laughs> mother up and then it's gonna burn and crumble and fall and they're gonna die mm-hmm. that is the easiest <laughs> safest way to do all that stuff so gar makes sense empire sees everybody the same way so yeah flame throughout please <laughs> casual civilian war crimes you know yeah no that, that let's talk about that scene guys like that whole like assault scene from um Onron? yeah on Onron. oh my god like they they wipe out those forces like they snipe them uh they snipe the guy in the cockpit like we talked about earlier right through the front of the cockpit my god and then when they were you know they put their hands up they dropped their weapons uh crosshair was talking to the like the girl uh that was or the woman that was um the soldier there and asks where saw is and she's like i don't know and even if i did i wouldn't tell you and then he just shoots her and says i believe you see yeah. i love that part especially because he doesn't even let her finish the sentence. yeah yeah he's just like even if i didn't want I believe you. Yeah. And he's like, ha, 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 yes. He um, is. Those are, he's making all the options I make in the Old Republic. So <laughs> I have no problem with Crosshair right now. Actual war crimes. Oh, good. And then he goes over to the civilians and he does the same thing to them. It's, it's just a holy crap. Well, like, well, Not only that, but his, his, his uh, subordinate, right? The thing is, mm. okay, what do you expect to happen if they're like oh yeah sure just jump on we'll take you back to Camino. I mm. no nowhere in their orders was it for them to save anybody everybody there was either complicit or part of something so in his twisted sort of you know like so black ops. order it's just like yeah all right you have nothing to do with the mission i ain't gonna leave you here because you're just gonna tell saw what we did or somebody's gonna come through to find all this mess and you're gonna squeal because why wouldn't you so I mean, the best thing to do is just clean up everything, and then they'll come find everything anyway, and then they can make their own assumptions. They do have jail cells on Camino that they were using for the Bad Batch, so I could see them using that for this guy. But yeah, but Crosshair's just taking no shit. Time. It's, it's pretty, the yeah. They turn it into a They don't know anything, they really don't. So yeah. It's yeah. Like, it just sucks to suck that you were here, because... And it's, yeah, it's pretty clear that Tarkin didn't want... Su- survivors. No, no right? survivors. The whole point yeah. was... No, sorry, not the civilians. Murder. I'm talking about the soldier that he killed. Yeah, but still, Tarkin didn't want to survive. He said eliminate them, not yeah. no, not the them, not the right? not the Repub- not the resistance. The guy he kills that's on his team. Oh yeah, but oh, even him. That, yeah. that that's that's for insubordination. That's totally justified. <laughs> I don't think that you don't you're in the army. You don't just like fucking shoot a guy if he's insubordinate. He was already deserting though. He was abandoning the mission just like before, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not." Yeah, it's this it, ironically. I feel like you know he said good soldiers follow orders when uh, after after he kills them. But it would have been funnier if he'd been like, "Ah, it's treason then," yeah, and then yeah. shoots them. <laughs> That would have well, been way too camp. Because like, good, <laughs> way too camp. he didn't get an order to kill to kill the like if someone is insubordinate, kill them. He didn't have that order. He just fucking did that. Yeah, but that's just that's just the empire, right? Yeah. Like we oh, see that in parameters, man. Yeah, it's, we, it's we see that in Mandalorian man. too, right? Like you don't even have to have disobeyed in Mandalorian. The the Gazanti commander just offs the two pilots just because, right? That's it's true. Like, yeah, that's no, true. nobody's yeah. gonna tell. Anything. This is before all that. Like that, it hasn't come into play yet. Like it's, it's starting still the mindset, to. though. But yeah. look, look, it, the, the fact that that's the same mentality, but then at yeah. that point, leads to show how ingrained it was from the start. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're we're also talking. Yeah, if if we're talking about you know offing subordinates just for failing, like the the star candidate, granted, I know he's not you know known for it yet, but Vader, yeah, oh, yeah. Off so many officers, yeah, right? Exactly. Apology. He sneezed while well, he I just, was talking. I find it so interesting that like yeah. it's been like a few days, and like this is already happening. You know what I mean? All over mm. the galaxy because all the clones are following orders, right? And they're you know taking no shit from anybody. Yeah, I'm not well, I mean, that surprised though. Uh, the clones, they this is what they were made to do anyhow. So tragic. Mm. But it's the people who join up and still do this stuff anyway. It just allows them to be that. Even though with the Republic. And it's... Just make fun of the guy. You gotta... Well, that's yeah, that's right. stupid. Because you, if, he was, if he was Republic Army or whatever it was, because I failed to see how the hell he has all this training to be an elite soldier, but, you know, the Republic never did anything for him. So, so where'd, you get, where'd they get you? The huts? 
explain this. Well, yeah. you can't because you're dead. So you were just throwing out lines. Whatever. Uh, uh, okay, fine. Justify that how you want. Yeah. And but I mean, I'll, one one thing that I was considering was, you know, uh, in the first episode, they don't say how long it takes to get to Onderon and back. True. So theoretically, it could be like a couple of weeks since then. But yeah, because they don't tell us, it really seems like it's been like two or three days. Mm. Since, yeah, because uh, well, the same. They, the civilians and the soldiers were in the same spot. Well, or here, is it a different spot? It seemed like it, it was the same it's spot. Un, yeah, it seems like it, but it's unclear. Could have been another part in the forest. You know what? Pick up if you look at a galactic map, right? Because Rampart had to get there from Seleucami. Hmm. They went to Onderon and back while these guys are having their conversation or whatever. We again, yeah. you make a good point. We don't know, you know, if that conversation they were walking towards the hangar for two weeks or not, right? So mm. at that point, you and have, it's, it makes you feel like, you know, this was a few hours because nobody tries to explain hyperspace travel except good authors. It de- yeah, it definitely mm. feels like it's been like maybe a few days in my mind. Like, because, yeah, because something I've learned recently just because of a, a Star Wars game I'm playing is Camino's outer rim, mm. but Onderon's mid rim. Oh, damn. So, like, it's. You know, even it's if there was just. Even if there was just a standardized kind of be like, you know, if you're in the core world to get to the outer rim, even the closest outer rim planet, it takes X amount of time. Yeah, right. And then from core to mid, X amount of time. And then within mm. core system, you know, it's like it's like um, local flight mm. at that point, right? To give us some kind of perspective to. But at least that would, you know, get some get some perspective into your head to be like, you know, oh, they were there and it took them two weeks. So were they coming up with an excuse for those two weeks or did they just get there in a few hours and be like, fuck it up? Because in Star Wars media in general, when we go through hyperspace, it feels like you go into hyperspace, you jump away and then you jump back and then you're coming out of hyperspace. So it only feels like a few hours when we see it in any (laughs) media. Because that's production, right? That's what I mean though. Like we don't really have this understanding of how long time takes. The only time they give us any time where the two people are sitting in there and talking and hyperspace is going on is because they need to explain plot or they need to mm, yeah like episode four set something else up exactly and then there it's just like you know you see han just chilling and then he gets up from the seat and everything yeah, and goes back and sits down yeah. he's sitting down so they're all just chilling there it's just like okay every time else you know they're all right i'm right here and i've still got my hands on the steering or whatever even though we're in hyperspace like, isn't that stupid yeah if it's automatic right yeah. but i mean yeah, who knows? And then the sequels kind of taints all of that because of the fucking light speed skipping. Uh, it really does seem like it's instant. It's but... just like skipping a rock across a pond. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next point. <laughs> no, I don't agree with it. Um, yeah, my, my, my one friend, Nick, was like, hey, man, like, how does hyper or light speed jump or skipping work? And I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I, I can't. It felt like I Rick and Morty. It felt like Rick and Morty. Yeah, to exactly. Right. I can't shit on it too much, but remember how, how devastating it's also supposed to be if you go into hyperspace in planet atmosphere. Like it's supposed we to decimate, like destroy the. Exactly. Yeah. That's why. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like Rogue One does it, but the planet was already being fucked up, so, so I don't really know how that kind of works. Fucky, yeah. Yeah, but it should. It should have like that jump in in light speed with the U wing should have theoretically like annihilated Ripped that section some, of the yeah. planet. Yeah. Now, here here's the thing. We keep saying it, it's it done. They should have only been able to do it once. Mm. Did they do it once? For what? Because she did the whole thing and then blew up. But the way they escaped, they were just like, jump here and then jump here and then jump here and then jump here again. Oh, like with right? the, the Millennium Falcon and the sequel trilogy, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have been able to do that at all. If they did it once, they do it once and then something like breaks. Yeah, no, yeah. No they did it too much. But when they got that. back, the whole fucking ship was like on fire. And it's like, yeah, I yeah, get it. it's, it's putting strain on the ship, but like it should have ripped it apart. Yeah, exactly. How are you supposed to get Navo computer calculations that quick? But anyways, that's, anyway. we're, we're thinking more than Mike, the, we, have, we have. We have BB-8, man. It's all good. Um, I mean, you say that like it's a good thing. No, well, I love BB-8. He's cute. Anyway, let's get back in this episode. So we uh, just finished talking about the um, the assault on Onderon there. Mm. Um, the, the hit, I guess I would call it. Um, let's talk about the stuff that happens on the moon with um, Hunter, the crew... Uh, wrecker and omega and all that stuff what do mm. we what do we think of that ed yeah um a couple of things for that even with the the landing uh, either i'm worried about wrecker because i don't know whether or not his he smacked his head he, real good yeah he hit his head bad mm-hmm. right and he kind of just clangs it off and it's a funny sort of ow like the big guy getting a hit but he continues mm. to it hurts and they said, oh, he's got a concussion. I was like, yeah, 
don't think that's a concussion either. He smacked it hard and something, you know, in that brain of his got activated somehow with just simple with just simple trauma force. Because every time mm. we've seen him like run into stuff or bash stuff around, he's always had his full armor on. This time it was just completely exposed. So and he has no hair I, to kind of cushion it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, what I, I, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it has something to do with the chip and that tech finally makes something in time that catches something to not... Yeah, I feel that like that's what's going to happen. So I feel like that's a setup for that, hopefully. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Like, I, I remember he, he keeps holding, like, the right side of his head. Which, yeah. So I, I want to go back and watch Shattered again and see what side of the head Rex had the pretty sure it's the right side when he comes up. I'm pretty well, sure think, it's the right side. You can think about Crosshair, just the beginning of this, when, you know, the, the whole first episode going and he was just kind of like, mm. Yeah. Mm. He was constantly going like this and everything like that. It was like, it right was side. always right side. Yeah. So. so it'll be curious to see if, yeah, that activates the, the chip in him. I mean, that's that's what we're all, you know, hinting it's at. It's still kind of a wooly way to do it because like, you just take a baseball bat to any clone. You know what I want to do? Uh, one of these episodes, I want to actually, like maybe at the end of the Bad Batch, I want to get, like, I want to go back into my psychology stuff and just, you know, look at the brain structure and like, hmm. The frontal lobe I know is for like like uh, rational reason and like stuff like that. Um, I just want to know like where they would have put that in the brain for where they put in Star Wars like the inhibitor chip. Is that like the the behavior center or like is it around that mm. area? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like somewhere on the right hand side, the right hemisphere. Um, see, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to do that. I want to see that now. Yeah. See, what I want to see now is I want to go back to season five, five or six, the yeah. Lost Archives, and just. Yeah, I just want to see a scene where it's Tup, right? Tup's the one who who whose chip rots. I think so. Um, I just want to see him get like beamed in the side of the head now, and then like that. Oh, that's why he activated. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> um, but yeah, they really play it up. They really play up Wrecker's hitting his head. He's like, "Oh mm. my head hurts, real bad," you know. Mm. And then they're like, "You stay at the ship, man. Just just relax. You have a concussion." Um, but then we get also the stuff with Tech and. Um, uh, Echo, where they have to fix the mm. ship. There's a lot of systems that are all faulty and all screwed up, so they have to repair that. Mm. So that's why they stay back with the ship. Um, Man, get... the, the one part, the one part in that scene that killed me, is Echo is using his only free hands to hold the flashlight. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, just duct tape it to the to the drill spinny bit droid part. Just, just something, please, because you need to have a gun. Yeah. at this point, because I mean, you, you can know, hit some pretty hard with that. that. Uh... That, that uh, robot arm. Thing? Yeah, yeah. But then as soon as you do that and it breaks, guess you can't do your one function for yeah, the day. That's true, that's true. All right. Uh, like, just, I mean, hell, just hold the flashlight in your mouth or something, but it's just like, yeah, have your gun hand free, please. Like a head, head mount, you know? Yeah, something. Honestly, yeah. Like or put your helmet on, on your with, helmet. like, the night vision. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still opting for tactical duct tape it to that yeah. stupid screwdriver What are you, uh, was this Evil Dead? <laughs> gonna duct tape a fucking chainsaw to your arm? Yeah. yeah, if it works, it works. It but, does. Yeah. And then we get uh, Hunter and Omega going out to get the the um, Ordo Moon Dragon, get the the uh, capacitor from that. I thought that was a pretty good little like few uh, moments with them. Um, you know, she's kind of learning a little bit more about tracking with Hunter, um, trying to find um, where the dragon ran off to. Mm, I and, think. Uh, sorry, Ed pointed this out yeah, yeah. Uh, before the podcast though, where it's it's something weird where like he just picks up the dirt. Yeah. He goes, and he's like, ah, oh, yes, dirt. They went that way. And yeah. it's like, I, could, could you take a couple seconds to show yeah. a little bit more tracking? Like, yeah. any Anybody in that situation, like, oh my, as a kid, sure, but anybody would have been like, what are you doing? Yeah. Legit, what are you doing? Because all I can see, and this is, you pick up, you pick up the dirt. Hmm. Hey, you're wearing gloves. Don't tell me you're feeling something. I love how big because... we are with this. It's so funny. <laughs> oh no, it's just, it's just little things. Yeah. It's I'm like... nitpicking his ability because it, it's it's King Crimson and hasn't really been explained. <laughs> and everybody's trying to come up with their own thing for it. But like, nobody... they said it was like the fucking magnetic sphere around the planet. Yeah, thing. That's, and that's I, like yeah, half an explanation. Yeah, sure, true. sure. <laughs> Magnets. Yeah. Right, like. It's... No, come on! I'm gonna need something because that's how right sharks now... apparently navigate in the seas. I found that out this week. Okay, but I wish they were... <laughs> they can't say it, but I wish they just be like, you know what, Solid Snake can do. Yeah, he can do. Then I'm like, okay, true. <laughs> I understand it. You yeah. made him look like him. You gave him the camo from it's Naked Snake from from Three Snake Eater. He's got the whole oh my face God, you're right. on. <laughs> He's got the headband. The hair falls down just like that. He still moves he's got like the that. It's like. 
I'm telling you, that is Naked Snake. That's all it is. And, and that's I what it is. That day, I picked it up day one, and it's like, okay, let's see what else. He Watch, next he's going to be eating, like, some random thing. You know, I like, thought, oh, yeah. New nutrition. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> see, I, I know how how incredibly like that now i'm just i'm i'm just memeing but now that you've said that i want the bad batch to end with him fighting namasu in a field of white lilies <laughs> boss no oh god i've never played them but i can understand what you're talking about that's pretty good uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun press scene. square to cry <laughs> Yeah, it it was it was ahead of its time with the uh, whole F to pay respects. What did you guys think about Omega in this episode? I, I really enjoyed her. Um, I found a, um, I found it good that it showed like she wasn't like she still has that kid kind of those moments where like she's terrified of this dragon when it's like screaming at her, right? Like as anyone would be, mm. um, and she's too afraid to shoot the blaster and realizes that you know if she just gives a flashlight, then she can get out of there with the capacitor. I feel like that, I... that helps kind of build that moment, right? It's kind of almost like that That was like an Ezra moment for me where like Ezra makes that connection with an animal, mm. but this is non-force related. It's just like perception and like... Yeah, that, that that's what I was going to say. Like Ezra makes a little bit more sense because yeah, it yeah. is that force bond. And I mean, we see that he's basically the, you know, uh, Jedi beast tamer by the end of it. Right. Yeah. Or beast master or whatever you call them. But yeah, Omega's... I'm not 100 percent sure. I guess I, di I didn't mind that the the moon dragon turned out to not be hostile, but it seemed to, to me a, well, it seemed a little bit just of a thing of like, well, we can't have a kid kill something in a TV in a you know Star Wars I mean, TV Ezra show, does. right? Uh, yeah, but Ezra's also theoretically older than true. Omega. True, true, true. Like he looks older. Yeah, I think um, she's like probably like 10. Yeah. Three, right. three things I want to bring up with that. First one. Um, the only person that should have been wearing a breathing apparatus out there should have been Omega, because there was no helmet for her to fit. Yeah, that seemed very plot conveniency that Hunter wears one. Yeah. Uh, two, the design of the dragon itself. For something that consumes energy, and is all that, I'm surprised it has such predator shape and mm. design, like the claws and the teeth. And well, it, has the to get through, it has to get through that metal, right? That's the only reason I could say it. Does it. it. If you had something akin to like whale sharks or something like that, where like you can just break it. Yeah. And then from there, mm. all the energy gets released and you just absorb it. True. Right? Because you see it, it's got the little like flush thing and it's like chomping on it. And it's like all those little teeth on that thing. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. It's just. And it, when it's roaring at her and stuff like that, it looks like it's made to attack people. Yeah, not, mm. like, it does so look like it's more meteor. Yeah, so that was kind of just a we need a thing. It's it's definitely like a villain of the week thing. When it's just like, mm. now that's that could have used a little bit more. So I mean, like you, even if it was like an, a big anteater or something like that, where you like, you know it finds it finds a part and then like like oh, drains cool. yeah. the energy that way or something like that, where it's blind and that's it, it feeds off the pulses of energy or whatever. Yeah, like mm. that would have made more sense. But you could still make it scary and make it move in shadow, so you don't know what it is until you get to it. Then you could have had a really nice kid moment. Almost like with the fear knocks, kind of where she realizes what it is. She's like petting it and like bumps her over because she doesn't have that kind of energy source, right? So it's got mm. no problem with her. So there's no reason to attack it. And then she can offer it something and take the other one back like a real trade and then be on her way without having to use a gun at all. It could be she defensive mechanisms. Maybe she makes a big point of not having to use a gun, but like with that thing with teeth and all that looking at you, nine yeah. times out of 10, somebody's taking a shot because you're terrified. You don't sure. want to rip shreds. Mm. Meanwhile, something blind, not really big claws or anything like that, it's kind of like snuffling next to you. You'd be like, aw, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Like you leave it in shadow for the hunter part so that he's just like, oh God, what was that? But his mask is off and he can't tell and he's knocked mm. out, right? So now she's, oh God, there was this huge shadow thing. I don't know. Then you go. Like that to me would have been a way more plausible all over than this. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you had to come up with a dragon. And because Minox have these little fine teeth here, just following that. It's just like, nah, dude, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> you guys are doing so well. Just, just, just take that jump. Take that step. You're can do it talking before the podcast ed you said that uh when it was eating the energy like the designs on its back started to flare up with energy and that mm. was my next point yeah the way that is uh, another thing about the design is that i loved it as it feeds um it's some 
you can see the energy coursing through the system on certain patches and patterns on the dragon itself. Like it's got this big squiggly down its whole side. You'll see every time it like takes a bite, I guess. Yeah, when energy it, like yeah. it absorbs the energy. You see the pulse go through. But what I noticed on the second watch of it was that also the little spots on it, like leopard spots, were also lighting up at the same time. Mm. It's like green cool. energy wave, and it was just like it looked really nice. It, it would make a great nightlight pet if anything <laughs> if it had a consistent energy source. Mm. I was just wondering, you know, like, okay, do you, you you consume this energy to do what? Because you're not you're not a machine that needs the energy to function to be able to move. You're not an automata or anything like this. You're an organic being. As far as I know, you can't just survive off of energy alone. I mean, flat, even, flowers even, can. Like, they can survive off of just solar energy, right? And then they create sugar from that. Again, which brings back to my point, then why does it need teeth and claws and all that stuff? Right. Then? I just because feel like it makes it a little bit more sci-fi if you have it come off energy. I feel, anyway. I'm, I'm a little, yeah. I was a little bit on board with buying that just because of the Minox. Mm. Oh, yeah, but true, it's true, the, true. it's the same kind of question, right? Where it's like, I mean, you know, again, I'm spending my, my or I'm, you know, nitpicking a lot here, but yeah. it's like, same thing with the Minox, right? Like, you've got tiny teeth. What are you eating on that asteroid that's made out of energy when the Falcon's not here? Okay, yeah, just, right? to, just to point it out, those Minox were inside of a fucking slug. Yeah, yeah. So even then, what are you eating in I the guess, slug? Exactly, right? That's like, made of energy, yeah. right? There's also like, what's your prey that you need to be formed this sort of way other than just be alien monster? Mm. You know, like what other prey can survive in there? Because all the egg sacs we see, all of them, unless you feed on your own and it's a dominance mm. thing, which is why you need the teeth and claws, mm. then I understand that because that's the that's what you have that fight for. But, but again, they should be retractable then because you're not going to be using them all the time or something like that. Like you could have cat claws that way, you mm. know. Uh, something you want to slash something that's a big difference um i don't know again it's not camelon i'm not willing to die on this hill it's just, <laughs> just these, these are the, yeah these are the things that i'm noticing because they're noticeable because you're trying and it happened with the mandalorian um i, I brought it up there too when mm. you try to just slip things past me oh hope nobody saw that i'm gonna catch I'm not, I I, I'm not looking for it but if i see it i'm gonna hold it and i'm gonna be like oh god and now i can't focus until mm. i figure this out mm. yeah and i mean at the end of the day these are nitpicks right like yeah. the the entire episode as a whole isn't bad enough where it's good it is but the thing is yeah, it's exactly. that filler episode right yeah, so these yeah. are the things you do take time to notice because what else you, there's no story progression there's nothing so you kind of there's a little bit with like the making the head like the small things like the headpiece yeah. that he's making to like find the inhibitor chip <laughs> Fair enough. Record hitting his head. They're set up. I well, mean, yeah, but we don't know if that's a sub point yet. But, but yeah, no, like them feeling shit about crosshair. It could be nothing. Like next episode, you could be walking around just being like, "Hey, what's going on?" It's like, yeah. But then, what if he hits his head again, right? And then you're like, "Oh shit!" Here, like he's what if he reoccurring. Gets shot again? Is his arm gonna fall off? Oh, we don't know. Find out. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the big difference between this and Cut and Run is that Cut and Run presents us with information that we already know how it applies to and increases the world yes. building. This one could be setting up a lot of plot points, but we don't know, yet. know right? Yeah. In episode two, we already, you know, by, in Cut and Run, we already know, okay, chain codes, we know Imperial credits, we know, you know, Rex was on the planet, mm -hmm. checkpoints, right? Impounds. Just, we, we just learn a lot more things about the world. Uh, yeah, the setting at as that opposed, point. Yeah, yeah which, which is, well, which really helps because it doesn't make it feel like filler, right? Yeah. And well, then, we minor the, thing, but. Yeah, because we know the macro. Yeah, 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 and um, this these episodes give you the micro into this, but at the same time, when you start looking at again episodes like this, where it's just like okay, going we need this episode to play with episode four, then you mm -hmm. can justify whether it's filler or setup, because mm -hmm. then and I feel like I still feel like it's a bit of both, um, but even then when you get to four and you're just like okay so that's why they did this and that's why they did mm. that but if it's just like okay maybe when you land at your next one just stock up on spare parts because you don't have to go through that shit again <laughs> you can just let the thing take it and just be like whatever yeah because their hull is badly damaged they're still trailing a bunch of stuff so probably echo is still the only one working on repairs so they gotta repair somewhere right yeah mm -hmm. and what were you saying oh i don't remember anymore okay no worries <laughs> um and you said you had a third point uh, that was my third point. That okay. Is the, just the 
way it is and if it's a predator or not. No worries. That was really, again, the throw in, just kind of chew it past, chew it past. They won't find it. Yeah. No, we'll find it. I uh, one other. Oh, sorry. Speaking of finding things, one other Easter egg that <laughs> we uh, <laughs> that we've forgot to mention during the the Onderon section yeah. is uh, the one part because you were talking about you know when they snipe the pilot when they snipe the pilot I immediately recognized that front paint that front glass plane paint. oh yeah the ship uh, yeah yeah it's it's the uh, patrol lat uh, I can't remember what the official name is like lat one from Rebels the one that's like the transition between Empire yeah and yeah um, but yeah that one that patrol craft lat is basically they've either got a stripped down or a civilian version of it because it doesn't have the kind of tie wings around the sides but mm. yeah it's one of those ships which i thought was kind of cool you know seeing it in a different design yeah that's, and that's it, looks, it looks completely on un, almost unrecognizable without those wings right it doesn't look imperial at all exactly. and it didn't have front guns either so yeah and yeah, that, it was just a neat thing. one thing i wanted to say too during that scene is that we get blue blaster bolts really weird Mm. Usually well, they're what well, red or green. Well, no, the blue ones are that's always repulsed. the GAR and yeah, the yeah. allies and everything like that. Mm. The big surprise was the red that the Empire was starting to use now because that was only separatist before. Because they were mm. in when yeah, the droid the blasters. Blue, yeah, they were using blue ones, so the the guns did change. Okay, I don't know if they're um, E11s right now, but they, they are. Were, they were still blue. Different. No, no, the 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 ones for the clones are the clones and well, Crosshair and his bag. Yeah, yeah, red. yeah. Were they? Yeah, mm. they were shooting red bolts. Oh, okay. I thought they were blue, yeah. but that was the Onderonians. The Onderon. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. So we can conveniently tell that all of Crosshair's bad are now guys. bad guys. Bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who had exceptional aim? Yeah. Except they were really oh, yeah. good. Well, I mean, that's the other thing, right? I mean, you know, we've talked. They about... They don't have plot armor. Yeah, we talked about this in episode one, but yeah, oh, Crosshair can aim again all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not trying to shoot 99. Last thing we have here is the Omega and Nalase kind of setup with like the Prime Minister of Camino and all that. Like they need to have Omega back, and that's why they made her, is to keep her as a genetic. Um... Well, that's what we're all, that's what we're all assuming, yeah, right? Yeah. That Because they say escapees, not uh, Bad Batch. Yeah, the only so thing we I can think that of. It's Omega. Yeah, is because like the only person, like the four other people, one of them is not a mutated clone, right? Mm. Echo. Then we have three others who are mutated clones, but they already have Crosshair. So why not use Crosshair if they're already running experiments on them? Mm. So it's like the only person that I could see then is Omega. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I would find it funny if it turned out they were actually after Hunter to get his solid snake DNA. That'd be hilarious. But <laughs> just make an army of lone wolves. That's going to work out well. <laughs> um, I mean, that's Nala... kind of what Django Fed is, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Nala say did mentioned that omega used to work a lot in the medical, in the medical areas as well mm. right and it's they like, ran experiments on her because she said that she says like i don't when echo was like waking up and was like i don't want these like things on me right in the medical ward he's like oh don't worry it's okay it's okay i'm here i know i don't like it when they do that to me either mm. Mm. so there's a little bit of an easter egg or plot device foreshadowing, foreshadowing. foreshadowing. that's the one <laughs> um yeah i mean overall a good episode i i would honestly i know we don't give these mm -hmm. ratings but like i would give this a solid like seven there's a good amount of stuff in here that it gave me some you know it's it's a solid filler it's a solid filler episode there's two scales you can't get you can't rate a filler episode of the same way as the plot episode. yeah it's a big episode Hon honestly because though like, like i i enjoyed it it wasn't like i watched it was like oh this was a waste of time uh, you know what i mean I'm not saying, no yeah I'm of course but at the same time, it, I'm going to bring up like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see the pain fight and bring that, to, like, that's a 10. But, mm. like, if I put, like, the journey where they're trying to catch the cat, it could still be a fun episode. But if I put that on the same scale, it's going to be a one or two. Yeah, oh, you yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's like, and in, in putting it in Star Wars terms, it's not the Martez sisters arc. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's no, not no. that. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's definitely in that same vein. But you know, it has right? less plot, like story plot happening than the Martez yeah, sisters. But but they're not stuck on that planet for four episodes. Yeah, so, it's, not, it's not a repeat of over at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, what they did in this episode, they could have done with that for sure. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, but, any last thoughts before we head into the outro? Um, Looking forward to next episode, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, let's get into the outro, my friends. All right, welcome to the outro. And uh, we're just going to give you a little reminder again about the giveaway. It's the May the 4th giveaway. It ends on May 30th, which is approaching rapidly. 
and uh, make sure you enter that on Twitter and on Instagram. Just find the posts there and follow the rules for your chance to win a copy of Limited Run Games, Star Wars Republic Commando Collector's Edition for the PS4. And uh, Ed, you want to let the listeners know how to contact us? Absolutely. So if all that information was something you want to see more of, you can first head to the website. It's voiceoftheforest.com. From there, you can find a bunch of contact info. For example, our email, that is voiceoftheforest at gmail.com. You can find our social media information. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. You can find us at voiceforcepod. And so if you retweet or repost anything, that's already starting you off with the giveaway. Um, but, you know, even doing stuff like this, it spreads the awareness, spreads the news, it grows the listener base. Makes really- us feel special. And that, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I did that. It's all good. And finally, listen, rate, review, subscribe, and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you do leave a five-star review and a comment, it'll help with a lot of visibility, just like the retweeting there. So you're helping the podcast in multiple ways if you do things that take like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And if you do end up subscribing or following, just know it is free if you do that. And as soon as the latest episode releases, you'll get a notification for it. Um, I use Spotify, uh, for example, and Voice of Force Podcast is on there. And every time there's a new episode released, as soon as I go to my library for my anything I like, any playlists I've made, also what I listen to is there and the podcast is there and it's like hey new episode released here this date new episode air new episode new something new something it's there and you'll see the episode art too yeah so it's so that's an easy platform to use if you have it if you got Apple Music any you have Apple Music I do I don't listen to it well it's not through Apple Music it's through Apple Podcasts and it doesn't show you the episode art there but it is similar in like subscription wise or follow wise you get the latest episodes that comes out um, and it makes all the hyperlinks happen, so it's easy to jump into stuff for the description, which is great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing before we go. Um, if you do shout us out on Twitter or Instagram and share share um, the podcast with friends, uh, let us know because we definitely want to give you a shout out on the podcast. There was one um, account on Twitter that really uh, shouted us out yesterday, and that was uh, Three Men and a Baby Yoda podcast. They shouted us out on Twitter and uh, included us with a whole bunch of other Star Wars podcasts. So I just wanted to thank them for, for doing that. And this is, I guess, your shout out on our podcast. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. go listen to them and see if uh, you go to say, oh, I heard you on the voice of the force. Um, no, thanks for doing that. And uh, we're always happy to have people send us reviews and send us feedback or any comments and things. It's always fun to do that. So uh, yeah, please do that. And we'll read it out on the podcast and give you a little bit of a shout out. With that being said, remember, good soldiers pull up orders.